0: The village where I grew up, I didn't really. There's like nothing you can do there other than just live in your house, uh, maybe go on walks. But that was not a thing that I would do as a kid. I fucking hated walks, and I'm doing it right now. Look at me go. <laughs>
1: And today we're here with Le Um We're gonna start out with your background. I know you're from Belgium. Um, yes. Do you wanna talk more about your childhood and growing up in Belgium?
0: I, I grew up in a like pretty isolated place. Um, not like isolated, isolated, but like What super, city? A uh, very small village oh. called Polada. It's like um, kind of middle of nowhere. It's pretty, like a lot of nature, fields, houses, uh, and stuff. In uh, so the village where I grew up I didn't really there's like nothing you can do there other than just live in your house uh, maybe go on walks but that was not a thing that I would do as a kid I hated walks and I'm doing it right now look at me go <laughs> um, no but most of my youth I really spent in the city right next to it that's where I used to go to school and um, that's where most of my friends were as well so that was a tiny bit bigger you had like I don't know, a few bars butchers and things like that but not like a big city in, in any way so I kind of early on felt like um, kind of trapped in a place that was just like not changing and not growing Like kind of time stands still there because the city is the, the population is really only just the kids going to school there like high school kids and then um, seniors oh, wow. like nothing in between as soon as you're like college age people will move away so it's it's such a like annoying Small situation time. because anything you want to do there as a kid the old people are always hating uh, Yeah, calling the cops and yeah, I used to skate out there all the time and always getting the cops called on us for just having s- a life <laughs> Yeah.
1: So you're a skateboarder as yes, well. Yes. How long have you been skateboarding for?
0: All of my life really since I've been 10. Um have it's been a little tricky these days, you know, because of COVID, mm. I haven't been going out much. I miss it a lot. Yeah. But um I my, my friend Justin, Cryolf, he got me a wakeboarding leash.
1: Huh. That a worked, leash?
0: Yeah, a leash that you usually attach to the boat. <laughs> but we've been doing—we've been attaching uh, monkey's leash oh. to his segways and then pulling me with the skateboard. But now I got like real deal wakeboarding leash. Yeah. And we're going to attach to the segway. Have oh wow!
1: I want to see that. Yeah, it's
0: gonna be fucking <laughs> oh amazing. I can't wait for him to come back because he's kind of like—he's like my badass uh, adrenaline junkie friend that understands. We we'll do all the things with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's just—he's a wild. Did you, I
1: did you start listening to electronic music as a kid or when did you start getting into it?
0: Um, yeah, pretty early on. I think I must have been around 14. Oh. Um, my brother introduced me to some techno. Uh, Ooh. I used to be mostly into like minimal techno and also the parties that I was exposed to. In, in yeah, Belgium? Yeah, yeah, in Belgium. Oh. There were some like really underground parties. Um, DJs would play pretty much only vinyl and CDs back then. Um, and it was mostly like yeah techno oriented there was later on there was some like more dubstep mm-hmm. artists as well DJing in the area but nothing really too um, different from like the the classic European yeah parties you know it's it's Uh. all very much techno and house-minded yeah Um, so anything beyond that I was always into the like slightly heavier side of things Mm. soon as electro um, became I I became aware of electro it really was like oh I want like heavier things Uh. and that was never really available and then I started feeling like people are not really connecting with what I love and then it was pretty early in that I was like, shit, I, I need to get out of here mm. because people don't, don't really vibe with the same stuff. They're like, I don't know that song man, how do I dance to this? So Is that why you moved to Montreal? Um, I went to Montreal originally to study there, oh. but that was definitely a, a big factor. As soon as I got there, I was like, holy shit, the music scene is huge here. Yeah. Dubstep there was popping. I got exposed to so many amazing artists early in. Uh, excision before Mm, he was you know excision yeah Um, he was still touring but yeah that was amazing things like downlink and excision and amazing people so how did you get started
1: into into like music producing
0: my brother introduced me to FL studio Mm 3.0 which was a very different um, aesthetic than it is these days like the workflow has changed so much and I kind of stuck with that I I really enjoyed how everything came together. In the beginning, it was just like many years of just experimenting with sounds, um, just throwing things at at my computer and just trying to make sense of it. Not really understanding what everything was doing, but having a lot of fun with it and being creative and I think that's the the most important thing, you know. Mm. And then after time, after going to school for um, TV and radio, what I did in Brussels, um, uh, I went to study audiovisual techniques so it's really like personally with the focus on sound so they would train us if you want to be like a perch man like an audio mm-hmm. recorder on set or you want to work for a TV station or radio um, things like that but that was never really what I wanted yeah. it's not on the creative side really you're just got facilitating it. other people's creativity yeah um, so I, I missed that creative aspect so that when I got the opportunity to go Study in Montreal, mm-hmm. um, which was more focused on sound design and like creative things. Yeah, that's when I was like, okay, I need you to, gotta I need do, to this. I gotta do this. I got to do this. Yeah, which was really hard at the time because I was still with my girlfriend, about one year in our, into our relationship, and I was so in love still. And it was, it was really, it was really difficult. We kept that relationship going for like another two years. Oh long wow. distance. Long distance. Yeah. Wow. Probably the worst mistake I ever made. Oh, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs>
1: And how long were you producing music for before it became a full-time job for you?
0: Um, I was around the time that I finished my my studies in Montreal. Mm -hmm. I think that's when everything started rolling with Cannibalin, and I was kind of looking for a job in studios there, like on the side, but I didn't find anything i wasn't actively looking i was just like sending out emails hoping something (laughs) would come up but i was really just focusing on making as much music for for kenny Ballin as i could and then things started rolling and shows started to get bigger and more people started to come and by the time that my postgraduate work permit expired i found myself with the dilemma do i go back to belgium do i just try Uh, things out there or do I stay here? I decided to, in order to stay, I had to go study another program. Oh, so I was wow. like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go study again so, so I can stay always here. In <laughs> always in school. Always learning. What did uh, you study? And then I studied um, film and TV production in oh, French. I, I was like, i was just doing it in French because I, I had to learn French. Yeah. My, I, I had some basic knowledge, but that really forced me to, like, I can't, I can't, I'll never forget that first day where I was like, introducing myself in english yeah. in a french class so it was really weird i was like the only english speaking guy in an entirely french class and it really forced me to like absorb as much so of that information you were just thrown
1: into the class pretty much no yeah. understanding of the language
0: I, I did give the i did get the opportunity to uh, fill out my tests in English. Yeah. Because all the questions were. were, were they, they, they taught an English and a French class. Oh, I see. So they didn't want to make tests like print them twice. Yeah. So to pre- preserve some paper, they just printed all the questions in both languages. Oh. So that was chill, and they allowed me to fill them out in English. So it wasn't really. That was the thing that allowed me to actually get through the class, I think. Yeah. Because writing French and just speaking it. It's a completely different thing. Oh man. Keep in mind also that in Montreal they don't speak French French. They speak Quebecois, which is a challenge to, to It's like, like a dialect? Yeah, it's a oh, wow. very strong dialect. How many
1: but, languages do you speak?
0: Um 3-4ish if you count like some some rough German. German? Yeah, because German is very similar to Dutch. Oh. So, English, French, Dutch, some German.
1: Wow. And how did you end up in LA?
0: Um, so after that second postgraduate uh, work permit expired, I did have to like finally like, okay, fine, I'll leave, you want me gone. <laughs> so I left Canada. I was really pissed about that. Oh, uh, Yeah, I really wanted to stay because Canada, like Montreal is like, I think still my favorite city. It's just oh, wow. so beautiful, so much like art and love and mm-hmm. passion all everywhere in the city can really feel it in summer especially yeah when people are actually outside because <laughs> winter sucks
1: I can imagine yeah.
0: so always sunny here so yeah, that wasn't a, not, that, it wasn't not a factor for moving here but it wasn't a big one mm. um, so after moving back to Belgium for I believe an, an additional two or three years after Montreal I was like I need to get out of here I, I felt so trapped Oh wow. and like my opportunities were just dwindling because mm-hmm. Europe, um, EDM wasn't really going anywhere. Electro, like a heavier subgenres of electronic music weren't really going anywhere in mm-hmm. Europe at the time. So I worked something out with Kenny Ballon where they were able to take me on the Black Tiger 6 Machine tour. Mm-hmm. Wow. And that's how I got my own one and that's how I'm able to be here really.
1: Okay, are you so... so, My
0: O1 expired. Currently, I'm here because I'm married.
1: Oh, congratulations! (laughs) (laughs) And how did you you and uh, Ava meet?
0: We met at... Well, technically, we met for the first time at that tour in Detroit. We were playing in Detroit, and she was there for her birthday with her sister. And after the show, her sister and her came to talk. Like, we, we were always like, after the show, we go like talk to like the fans, yeah. sign some things, whatever, take pictures. Yeah. And her sister was there. I talked to her sister for a bit, and they invited me to their after party. Oh, because, nice. Because of her, because of Yvonne's birthday, right? Yeah. And I didn't go because I was oh. too I was too tired. Like no way. <laughs> and her sister was like flirting with me. We were like talking on Instagram. Oh, so it was the sister first. Yes. <laughs> but I never really met up with her sister. Um, because you know I was on the tour, no opportunity, and I wasn't super into her. We were just like, mm. you know, it's like ah, okay, he he, like flirty texts, whatever. Have
1: you spoken to Eva at, all at this point, or it was just
0: no? I hadn't uh. even talking to her, and we just I, don't, I started talking to Monkey mm. on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey is the player, you know. Monkey. Monkey
1: is their dog for yeah. reference, if you guys don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, so Monkey Maximus is, is, is Instagram and I I just started talking because he's fucking amazing you know you know what he looks like it's ridiculous Um, and then somehow we started talk I started like talking to Yvonne Ava and she at some point mentioned that she was going to be in Phoenix at the same time so we were there together Black Tiger Sex Machine was playing Mm -hmm. Uh, I wasn't on the lineup but that's great so that way I had more time to To hang out hang out with her she was there tour managing for Jerry Gonza Mm. and that was like our first date and it was wow. so romantic, we like Aww. kissed in the rain, <laughs> it was like some notebook book shit
1: It was literally like some like book, like <laughs> yeah. straight from the yeah. movie <laughs> It
0: was it was super romantic uh, and I mean it was difficult at the time because I was still traveling so much and mm-hmm. we weren't really gonna see each other So we looked for opportunities to meet up again and wow. she had another opportunity to be in Brooklyn at the same time as I was there for the shows. We met up again and then we set up a date where I was gonna go to Denver um, because I was playing a show there at Beta at the time. Yeah. So we decided to go there together. We booked an Airbnb mm-hmm. and it was just like so much love. I, was just, <laughs> I hadn't felt so like aggressively like butterflies Aww. in I couldn't remember the last time really That's so
1: cute so
0: I really knew that I had to pursue this relationship so then I just asked if she wanted to come visit in Los Angeles like stay with me for a while yeah and then she just ended up staying forever (laughs) that's really what happened yeah and then here we are today because of
1: monkey it led to what a pimp (laughs) what you guys are today (laughs) yeah where do you get your inspiration from
0: it it varies a lot I get a lot of inspiration from film Mm. it's like specific um scenes like emotional connections um I, I love like cinematic music and like soundscapes things like that so i, I draw a lot of inspiration from movies like blade runners like mm. um synth retro wave uh, aesthetic so, cyberpunk
1: you, you like vaporwave yes okay vaporwave
0: How- as well that kind of like overlaps vapor vaporwave is a bit more flashy mm. and like um What's the word? Like pop culture in a way, Got it. but synthwave is like the the dark, gloomy side of that. It's like more rain, um, uh, outrun, uh, yeah, cyberpunk essentially, like aesthetic a little bit more.
1: And is All that vaporwave Is that how you got your name, or what did the name? No, my
0: from? my name <laughs> originally was inspired by. Uh, producer or a DJ in Belgium, oh. I've had my name for a very, very stupid long time. Um, my first name was DJ Veeling for like oh. a year and it's like, no <laughs> that ain't it. Just, <laughs> this is really bad. I only played one show with that name. And like, <laughs> Let's not do that again. <laughs> That's so funny. Then I changed that to electric mm. and at first I spelled it with a K at the end instead of the mm-hmm. Q-U-E. And for some reason, like, nah, that, that's too boring. Let's add a French touch to this, and that's kind of funny because French touch is like a uh, a, a subgenre of electronic music. Mm. It's very like inspired by um, Ed Banger Records, a lot of French producers. Yeah. So French electronic music, and that does come to play a lot into my sounds that I make. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted that to be like a more interesting part of my name mm. but then again it, I ended up sort of regretting that because it makes it impossible for anyone to like type it out like communicating uh. this like word of mouth is so impractical <laughs> uh, but I ended up sticking with it because it's different yeah um, you
1: were in the oculus game too right
0: yes yes that was how was that like it was like a dream come true how I, did that I always, happen? well Cloudhead Games, the developer of Pistol Whip, they mm-hmm. reached out, they were looking for like a, a label with a good package of music that was within the aesthetic that they were going for. Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah, someone in that like retro wave, synth wave, but still like hard gamey music. So Cannibalon ended up exactly being that mm-hmm. aesthetic that they were looking for. So they ended up buying like a pretty big bundle of the, the discography on yeah. Cannibalon.
1: Oh wow! and
0: and licensed it for the game Yeah. and then there was like two or three of my songs in there
1: wow what else would you say would be a dream of yours because you said oculus is a dream of yours
0: well uh, having my music featured in a video game definitely yeah and specifically like what this ended up becoming was like beyond what i had hoped for because i was always thinking like you know a video game that you play on playstation or whatever yeah but this is like such an immersive experience that it's like they created world around the song that I wrote oh, and wow. and it's the cool thing is it's it's so similar to what I had in mind like while I was writing it like, yeah they got it so right Wow, It's beautiful
1: that's amazing <laughs> that's a definitely a big accomplishment for sure
0: for them yeah. <laughs> for me as well I suppose but for uh, me it's just luck I see <laughs>
1: yeah I think it's talent I mean I was listening to you play music last week you know just like or record, produce, produce mm-hmm. music. And it was really good. Thank you. Um, and then you're also a podcast host.
0: Yes, I've been doing the Kenny Balan radio for the last seven years. Yeah, so every two weeks we release a podcast, about 45 minutes to an hour long, mm-hmm. featuring a guest of our choosing, usually an upcoming producer within the like, Kenny Balan aesthetic, like mm-hmm. you know heavier bass music, but not exclusively. Um, we've had some house here like drum and bass as well oh, okay. so we like to switch it up, I don't want it to be too predictable Yeah. but still, you know, it's all music that I would play live I
1: see, yeah. so it's music that you curate and then you introduce mm-hmm. to the
0: podcast. so I do the first 15 minutes, I usually show off like new projects from the record label and just also new music that I find and enjoy um, but then we will also have the guest after that after the first 15 minutes mm-hmm. and usually that's like a showcase of, of their new material as well
1: what are some of the challenges that you faced in your music career
0: um definitely getting out of belgium <laughs> yeah i mean it's not that i hate the country or anything it's a beautiful place it's just there's not as much um there's not as many opportunities for mm-hmm. the music that i'm making over there it used to be like fucking electro utopia for a good period from like 2009, 2012, 2013, was great. But that was the time that I was in Montreal. (laughs) So by the time that I got back, all of that was kind of over and it it, it faded so quickly. And I'm pretty sure that it was as a result of like big room EDM being like the super washed out, inspireless mainstream, mainstream (laughs) version of EDM and everybody got so sick of it so quickly. That it just killed everyone's uh, boner for electro. Uh,
1: <laughs> okay, so I have to ask this question. Yeah. Tomorrowland, yes or no, and why? <laughs> like thoughts um, on that? Because I feel like it's very like mainstream.
0: It is, it is, but it, it it's not exclusively mainstream. Tomorrowland does have a lot to offer than just the main stage. You know, there's like fifteen stages there. It's mm-hmm. huge. So there's something there for everyone. Um, so for that reason, I would definitely say, totally yes. Uh, especially uh, if you have the money to throw at it. It's a great experience. It's a beautiful festival. Um, then again, yeah, it is there beautiful. is a commercial side to it, but they, uh, it's okay, you know. I understand they need to make their money. Yeah. Um I don't like how far they're pushing that, but nothing's perfect.
1: Yeah. No, I when I went, I felt like it was very well produced. It was like, mm-hmm. streamlined, like details were thought out. Yeah.
0: So. Yeah, they're they're really trying to like push the festival experience as far as they can Like they're (laughs) having barbers and bakeries and everything on the (laughs) campgrounds They're like, how much can we make this into like a micro society as possible? Yeah, the Coachella Yeah, yeah, that's what they're going for
1: So what would you say is your favorite event?
0: Event or like a festival. Festival? Any. Uh, that's difficult. I think Electric Forest. Finally. <laughs> Ava also said the same thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. It's like the ultimate festival. It's so the atmosphere there is nothing like anything I've ever felt. It's like it's like so much passion and work goes into it. It's like the less it's like the non-commercial version of uh Tomorrowland. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's like way more artsy and Heartfelt, yeah. It's it's, when you walk through the forest and you see the amount of art installations that are installed throughout the entire uh, forest. Yeah, it's it gives you this feeling of like, wow, so much love and passion goes into this, and this it's like a it's like heaven for a lot of people. Yeah, just walking around and like seeing it, an unreal experience. Wow. Yeah okay and there's there's always something happening it's not like it's just chilling there there's like something people walking around that are interacting with it there's artists that are performing throughout the entire forest and that's apart from like the actual stages that are putting on the bigger acts yeah.
1: have you been to Berlin for the techno
0: yes I've, I've visited Berlin twice but I was too young I haven't uh, really been to any of the legendary clubs yeah. um, but I hear it's amazing I'm not as much of a techno head. I can enjoy it for a while, like I've been to a lot of techno parties in Belgium, mm. but after like five hours, I'm like, okay, I've heard it. That's
1: a long time of partying though. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Five hours of techno.
0: People in, in, in Belgium and in Europe in general, they don't really stop. It's just- they, It goes they, to the they, morning? Yeah, they go to the afternoon. Okay. It starts at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m., and then they're there till like noon Jeez. when it starts to close. Yes. It's a completely different, um, uh, what's the word? It's, completely, yeah, it's a different world, yeah. it's like a different experience of nightlife really. Mm. When the club doesn't have to close, you know, you just keep, just keep going. 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: Wow, do you think your European background has influenced your music a lot? Or? Oh,
0: definitely, yeah. Especially when, when I mentioned French touch, that's been a huge um, defining factor mm. of my sound and in my mm. inspiration. Um, Electro is very largely French-dominated. If you think about like Daft Punk mm. and um, what are they called? Uh, Kraftwerk is German, though. But yeah, it's all like European founders that really are, are big inspiration of my direction and, and my sound still today as well. Yeah.
1: Oh wow! Um, what are some upcoming projects that you're working on?
0: Um, well. I've been working on a new project, like a new alias, for the no. for the last year or so. So I can't really talk about that. Oh. I've been working on a new alias, but I can't really go into depth as like everything is still very under wraps and I can't reveal it's a secret.
1: Stay tuned. So,
0: yeah, definitely in, in the upcoming year we will be revealing this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we're gonna make it clear that it's me though. So oh,
1: interesting. Yes. So there's no specific date. Nothing to look out for. No. It might oh. never happen <laughs> all right <I> mean, <laughs> a lot of questions That's exciting still though yeah, I mean, yeah something's upcoming it, in the works it's,
0: it's like a passion project of mine oh. it's it, it feels a lot more um, heartfelt and present to me than mm-hmm. my current electric stuff does like electric I've been doing it for like I said for like 15 years so yeah. it's kind of like I enjoy that aspect of my my personality and my creativity but it also feels like I've grown past that so I needed to express myself in a, in a new way that kind of falls be, goes beyond that yeah and a lot of times you know even though my electric project is extremely versatile and mm-hmm. flexible I can't push it beyond like a certain point you know it's, it becomes harder and harder for my audience to really grasp and understand but it sounds like if you keep changing it. Yeah. That's why I was like, okay, it's time that we do something that stands on its own, that's defined. And it's been an absolute amazing exp- um, experience to create this. Like, yeah. I've been loving every every day of it.
1: And I have one last question for you. What do you want to be remembered for?
0: Um, <laughs> that's that difficult because there's so many aspects I, I, th- I think I just want to be remembered for being helpful and being caring and like genuine um, I always I kind of have this um, cringe that I feel when I see when I interact with people that are not genuine that mm. are like really pretentious and trying to um, just be someone that they're not Yeah. so in the last year um, since I've well, since covid really i've been i've shifted my focus to more of a educator mm-hmm. um, side of of a career so i've started teaching people one-on-one on zoom oh, wow. and i'm starting to put together a master class right now uh, it's coming together nicely actually it should be available it's in upcoming the next, project. yeah, yeah
1: that's exciting. It, sh- it should
0: be available in the next month or so we're going to start revealing the first classes uh, so this is like a, a full-fledged masterclass for anyone wow. that's interested in learning about music production or, or even just thinking about it, like getting started, like all of that is, is included. So yeah, I, I really love helping people, I love mm-hmm. like reaching out and, and, and helping people grow. So that would be like my, I think my favorite thing to be recognized okay. and remembered as.
1: What's the one thing you struggled with learning
0: producing? Um, I think the most difficult thing was separation, uh, separation, separating the production process. I was trying to do everything at the same time like produce, uh, like compose, mix, master, kind of all at the same time. And it's like you're using different parts of your brain and they're kind of like stepping on each other. Mm. So separating it makes it a much more efficient uh, workflow. Yeah. So that was something that I struggled with because I got crazy ADHD. So it's very hard for me to like concentrate on something so as soon as I'm like, oh this needs to sound like different, like I I just need to put an EQ on this, so I'll just like get sidetracked and I'll lose my my production flow. And then once you're out of that state of creative flow, it's very hard to get back into that and Uh, to start writing again. It's like back and forth. Yeah, exactly. What
1: are some of your favorite up and coming artists?
0: Oh boy. Um, I've been, I mean, because he has a very similar um, aesthetic and mindset and like energy. I've been loving Midnight Cult. I've, I have a song with him, the uh, Full Throttle one, that one that's on Pistol Whip actually. Oh. So I, I've been loving everything he's been making. Um, he used to go by Michael White, but changed his name to Midnight Cult. Hmm. Uh, other than that, Jackknife from Australia. He just keeps making amazing song after amazing song. Uh, there's a guy called Iso. I think he's from. I think he lives in California. But ISO. Yeah, ISO. I've been loving what he's doing too. Oh, cool.
1: And um, what's one thing you wish you knew earlier?
0: Um. Hmm. Well, a lot of things, really. But I would probably say the the like production workflow thing. That was something that took me a long time to figure it out. I didn't think it was like that big of a deal i was like trying to like ignore it and overcome it by just being fast enough Um, so yeah like knowing certain things about songwriting that just took me a long time to figure out by myself but then also just how to like the knowledge required to understand mastering fully and to really manipulate your music dynamically and color it the way that you want Mm -hmm um i wish i would have known that much earlier because it it just took me like years and years of experimentation to like grasp it myself so i wish i would have had someone like myself that's teaching this stuff right now so Mm -hmm. i could just learn it in like a week
1: so past you needed a future you
0: exactly (laughs) yeah that's why that's really mainly why i'm doing this because i feel like it's so needed people like this information is yes it's online but it's so scattered and not uh, like chrono- chronology yeah chronologically available anywhere so i feel like people really really need that structure and that information uh, to uh, to master these things
1: what else are you doing besides uh, the
0: masterclass so i've been teaching people one-on-one a lot in the last um, year really since oh, wow. so since covid hit um I started really just asking people if they were, were interested, and then I started creating these presentations where it would, wow. where I'd be able to just go through the information much more efficiently, and so people can like really understand what's going on with like visual uh, references, things like that. So I've been doing one-on-ones through Zoom. Mm. Um, yeah, if any. If, if ever anyone's interested to schedule one, you just hit me up on Instagram. Nice. Just slide in your DMs. In my, into my DMs. Or I, I made an email for it, which is uh, professorlectric <laughs> at gmail. I love no, that. gmail? Yeah, at gmail.com. Why
1: did you have to quote it, like, professor? <laughs> because
0: I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, it was my wife's idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Um, where do you get your fashion sense from?
0: Um, it's really a lot like vaporwave, uh, cyberpunk inspired, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So, I've been loving that whole anime, vaporwave, cyberpunk, retrowave aesthetic. And then it's been really just like exploring brands and seeing if they have things like that. Um, the shoes that I'm wearing are like Akira um, ins- inspired. Um, so, that's like anime.
1: Okay, and uh, one last question. Um, Where do you think. Sorry. What do you think- <laughs> We're just like. Going through obstacles right now. Um, what do you think the next trend of EDM will be?
0: Um. Well, it's it's so difficult to predict because it's always shifting so so rapidly. I've been seeing a lot of people do like fast house, mm. like turbo house is what I call turbo. it. <laughs> turbo house. Speed house. Speed house. Yeah, a lot of people doing that. So I see uh, a growing appeal, but also like in. Uh, collaborate like morphing that with like a dance um, aesthetic like a dance music a very 90s Mm. approach I see that gaining some popularity Uh, but oh actually I'm gonna say breakbeat. breakbeat yeah breakbeat is highly underrated and it's just the sweetest flavor to throw in any any kind of music just like it adds this interesting aspect of like fresh grooviness that i think not enough people have been doing mm. but i think is going to gain more interest as we go
1: good to know thank you for jumping on with us on SideWalk talk and thanks for having me we'll see you next time